Good afternoon and welcome to your American Heritage, baby. Yeah, and I want to reiterate that that was uh, the opening music was Madison Rising, really good band, really patriotic, and a great album. They've got more than that on their album. That was a kind of a cut I did uh, to shorten it up just for show intro. Just in case you don't know, my name is Ed Bondarenka, and I am, of course, not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. And producing this show is the guy that answers the phones, warns me the commercials are coming, puts the guests online, and finds answers to questions that we ask, Derek Stone. I assure you, he is not an artificial intelligence. Derek hosts the Stone Cold Sports Truth, Sundays at noon 30, right after my friend Sean Todd hosts the intersection at noon. You know the intersection, it's of course. Not your normal fluffy Christian show. And you should listen to both shows before Dave Janda comes on, not to mention the Saturday, Saturday lineup of Abolitionist Roundtable at 9 a.m., Trigger Talk at 11, and Moment of Clarity right before this show at 1 p.m. And of course, there's all the music shows. There's Stay Rones, uh, uh On the Edge during the week, and there's the Bone Conduction music show, the music shows this evening. And if you missed any, go to the podcast page at whamradio.com to catch up or share with your friends. If you missed previous shows with Bill Federer, Professor William Wagner, domestic extremist Peachy Keenan, James Rosen and more, here's your chance to catch up. Your American Heritage is on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts and you can subscribe and you should. Boost the signal, be a Paul Revere and get the word out because it's day 993 of the coup. The theft of the American government by enemies, both foreign and domestic. Read in your best stentorian tone. Oh, I pulled a Biden and read the prompt out loud, sorry. <clears throat> There is a war going on for control of America and you. The country was founded on the notion of individual liberty and the freedoms given to us by God, or as the founders put it, the creator or providence. We have a government in Washington that is going to extraordinary lengths to prosecute anyone it disagrees with or fears. Donald Trump is on that list. The January 6th Patriots are on that list. You are on that list. We have a government in Lansing that is going to extraordinary lengths to prosecute anyone it disagrees with or fears. The 2016 Trump alternate electors are on that list. You are on that list. The left has become the fascists they used to speak out against. And what is to be our response? We resist, we protest, we broadcast, we boycott, we boycott, we go to court, we vote whether they cheat or not, and we warn our fellow citizens and we pray. They have a justice department we have a God. Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So please clasp your hands and your fingers. Let's pray, let's go to war. Father, please lead us and guide us as we seek to obtain the liberty that you have provided for us and to restore this nation that you have had a heavy hand in the establishment of. Please help us to restore the nation to a constitutional republic and remove the illegal overreach of those that would oppress us. Amen. Joining me today is Dr. Jeff Barkey. He was our guest last November, and it was a great show then. I just listened to it earlier this week, and uh, you can too. You can find it uh, in the archives, like I said, and we're going to talk to him again today. So Dr. Jeff is a board-certified primary care physician in private practice for over 25 years. And he has served as associate clinical professor at UC Irving and as a member of the uh, Orange County Medical Association on the board. He's an officer in the US Army Reserve Medical Corps. He's also a reserve deputy and a tactical physician for a local law enforcement SWAT team. 
He's also an elected school board member, or has been, I'm sorry, for the Los Alamos Alamitos Unified School District. And uh, he's the co-founder and current school board chair of a free public charter school in Orange County, California called Orange County Classical Academy that uses Hillsdale College's curriculum. And we're gonna be talking with uh, Hillsdale Charter Schools in a couple weeks, by the way. Dr. Barkey is the author of COVID-19, A Physician's Take on the Exaggerated Fear of Coronavirus. He's a founding member of America's Frontline Doctors. And he also finds time to be a co-host with Mark, Dr. Mark McDonald on the Informed Dissent podcast, which you should listen to. I do. Very informative. I know you only have a choice of so many podcasts you can listen to in a week. If you miss this show, make this one of them and make that another one of them, along with Lou Dodds and a couple others. Now, the battle concerning COVID is and was twofold, health and freedom versus politics or battle over freedom and politics. So Dr. Barkey's been involved in America's Frontline Doctors and the battle against the COVID regime. So I'm not quite sure how to get him to start talking about this or what subject we're gonna talk about first, but I've about gotten tired of talking now, I'd like to hear him. But I'll just preface it by saying, Dr. Barkey, Dr. Jeff, you were involved in a lawsuit against the state of California over their repressive law restricting what you can say about COVID. Is that right? Well, Ed, first of all, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, Derek, I can see you and you're not uh, an AI bot. So um, glad to be <laughs> glad to be on the show. We, we are involved in a loss, lawsuit. It's not over. Dr. Mark McDonald and I sued the Attorney General of the State of California and the Medical Board of California over a law that the governor signed called AB 2098. AB stands for Assembly Bill 2098. And that bill allows the medical board to remove the licenses of physicians that spread misinformation or disinformation as defined by the medical board. Interestingly, Ed, the head of the medical board is an attorney, not even a doctor. And so those are the folks that get to determine what I'm saying is accurate or inaccurate misinformation or disinformation. And it's really in our opinion and the opinions of the, the lawyers that are representing us, and that's Liberty Justice Center. They're a pro bono law firm. And what that means in English is that Mark and I don't have to pay for this representation. Uh, they get donor money to support the lawsuits that they're involved with. So we think that it's a violation of our First Amendment rights. I have the right as a physician to offer my opinion to patients that pay for it or ask for it whether it's a first opinion, a second opinion, or a third opinion, I need to have the freedom to be able to honestly and as accurate as I can talk to those patients and, and give, them the, give them the what's up as, as I see it. What the law in effect does, if we take it at face value, it means anytime I'm talking to a patient, I have to take into consideration the state's perspective on any medical issue before I can talk to the patient. If I go against what the state narrative is, then technically I'm in violation of 2098. So if somebody comes in as they do regularly with their kids and says, you know, I've got little Johnny who's two years old and I see these recommendations from the CDC about getting a COVID vaccine. What do you think doctor about getting a COVID vaccine for my young child? 
Well, I need to look up on the medical board and the CDC website in the state of California to understand what their perspective is before I give my opinion. And to do that, it, it renders my opinion completely useless. So technically, I'm not allowed to say to that uh, mom that under no circumstances should your child receive the COVID vaccine because number one, it's not even a vaccine, it's an experimental genetic product and your kid isn't at risk of COVID-19. There hasn't been a single death in a healthy child from COVID-19, according to the CDC's website. So why would you wanna vaccinate your kid against a disease that they're not at risk of with an experimental product that's never been used before and never had long-term testing. That opinion that I just shared with you now, Ed, which I actually do believe, would be in violation of this law AB 2098. So we think that's a violation of our constitutional rights. We're suing, we have sued. Uh, we just had oral arguments heard. I think it was in the seventh court of appeals and the judge, um, at least in the, in, in his questioning was quite favorable to our perspective. And so we're hoping in the next couple of weeks, we get a ruling that basically says 2098 is unconstitutional and needs to hit the garbage pail of, of history. If that doesn't happen, then we're prepared to appeal this to the Supreme Court of the United States. I would have to guess that they also are prepared to move to the Supreme Court and that we will probably see this play out there eventually hopefully quickly with this Supreme Court that we have. You know, you, you mentioned there's, man, sometimes we get into these conversations and I don't know which direction to go because there's so many thoughts going on. Um, for instance, the whole parental rights with children and whether they, get, they can keep their kids from getting the shots, or who has the rights to children. As you mentioned, uh, children not even being threatened by COVID, but they are, of course, threatened by the shot. There's been so many different uh, wrong uh, outcomes. Even the uh, Secretary of Defense had to recently admit that uh, myocarditis has soared 151% in the wake of the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. It's, it's cost us pilots. In, in the military who cannot fly anymore because they've been decertified because of this. We see people draw, uh, Bronnie uh, uh, James was uh, one that we just saw recently drop. We don't know that this is because of the shot, but wow, we just see so many uh, died suddenly uh, impacts that, that uh, are on this culture and they seem to be related to the, the, the jab and yet this cult insists on still injecting people and injecting children. So um, I heard on your podcast when you were talking to Dr. Mark about this, um, this relationship between COVID and children and transgenderism and children and who controls the children. Uh, I'd like to go down that rabbit trail for a minute. We may have to come back to some other stuff. I don't want to get too lost, but... I think it's pretty important. I think it's germane to our discussion. Were you prepared for that? I kind of blindsided oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, listen, I, I was um, I was with Judy Mikovits uh, last night, Del Bigtree, at a book signing for a new book by Dr. Shannon Croner. The book is called "I'm Unvaccinated and That's Okay." It's a wonderful book, <laughs> um, and it's designed to be a children's book. Uh, so kids, 
um, don't feel alone and have a different perspective. So I was talking to Judy, I sit next to her at the table. She believes, she may be right, she's a smart lady, that this whole transgender movement is about the vaccine, meaning that these vaccines are injuring people in so many different ways that she thinks in part, this, these feelings and this movement of people to want to identify as a different gender may be in part related to the injury that's coming about as a result of vaccination. Listen, I don't, I don't care how somebody feels about vaccination, pro-vax, anti-vax, you wanna get vaccinated. I don't actually care, but what I do care about is informed consent and parental rights. We don't have informed consent anymore. It's all, a, it's all smoke and mirrors. So for example, Ed, if you were to go into any pharmacy, Save on Rite Aid, Walgreens, Walmart, doesn't matter. Go into any pharmacy, you'll see advertising posters about various vaccines, like the shingles vaccine. You'll see a picture of a person with some gnarly shingles rash, and then the advertisement will say, don't be this guy, get your Shingrex vaccination. And it's free, just show them your Medicare card and hand them your arm and you get this free shot. There's no informed consent. There's no discussion of what are the potential risks what are the benefits and what are the alternatives? There's no package insert that's handed to the patient to read about it. And they're not told that the vaccine company is immune from all liability should that person be injured by the vaccination. So regardless of how you feel about vaccines and other medical treatments, it's informed consent should really be the foundation of all of this. So whether it's uh, giving giving a kid or an adult gender affirming hormones, they need to be told the truth that these things could have long term devastating consequences. And so, when we talk about informed consent, I think you know if you walked into Seven Eleven and bought a pack of cigarettes, and you'd look on that pack. I don't know what do they cost these days? Ten bucks or something? All the taxes? Um, I don't know. I don't want cigarettes. There's a big warning label on it, cancer warning, this, that, and the other, this product may kill you. And, and perhaps rightfully so, they have those warning labels. I think there should be a warning label on all vaccinations and it should say something like this. If you are injured by this product you are about to receive, you need to be aware that the manufacturer is immune from all liability. Take this jab at your own risk. I think that should be a warning label on all vaccinations, at least then, patients would have a fighting chance to understand what they're about to enter into, because right now that's not the case. In my practice, I'm a primary care physician, board certified family practice. I see children, newborns, grandma and grandpa, and everything in between. And I'm seeing more vaccine injured kids than I ever have be before. But Ed, in California, unfortunately, you can't attend a school, public or private, unless you're fully vaccinated by the CDC's vaccine schedule and what California deems as, uh, as mandatory, you're not allowed to go to school. I think that's wrong. I think that is entirely wrong for a government to mandate a product like that, especially when the manufacturers are immune from liability. That law needs to be overturned. And I hope with an election of a new Congress, new president, et cetera, that that, that will happen. I think you now when I've read about that, that seemed to be a byproduct of having rapid response to biological warfare. And so the 
it was a broad response given to the pharmaceutical industry so that they could come up with something quickly and hopefully save the population. And I think it's something that's uh, been <laughs> too broad, obviously, as you just described. Boy, I got to ask you, when, when my wife got shingles last October, the first thing I did was go out and get a Shingrix. But that's the second thing I did. The first thing I did was read about Shingrix. And from what I read, it wasn't one of these um, mm, uh, uh, genetic mutating mRNA uh, type devices, but it was actually a standard weakened virus type of uh, uh, shot. Now, you're going to inform me I was totally wrong and I'm good with that. I haven't done the follow-up yet. I just got a call the other day. Have You haven't done the follow-up yet and I'm still not sure I want to. But there's a difference. And I think something that happens in our in, in the media in particular is you or I or anybody else gets labeled as anti-vax because we're anti-jab. And I have family members who are just anti-vax, you know, because of stuff that's in common vaccinations that they say leads to autism, leads to a lot of different things that I'm sure you've seen as a, a uh, physician that uh, I'm not the scientist. I read these things. I, I don't you know what? If I get the flu, I get the flu. Big deal. I've never died from the flu. I certainly don't want the flu jab. It doesn't seem to help many people either. I don't want to run out and get a whole bunch of a whole suite of shots to avoid something. As we said earlier, getting a kid a jab when it's not even to suffer from from uh, COVID. Why would you do that? The, the cost benefit analysis is not there. Your turn. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I'm not anti-vax. I'm I'm pro-informed consent. So, you know, the national uh, the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986 that unfortunately was signed by Ronald Reagan. You're right. It was under the guise of uh, you know the Cold War that the Soviet Union was going to launch some sort of biologic agents on us, and the vaccine industry had to be able to respond and to vaccinated. And so that's that was the umbrella. But now, right after that Vaccine Act passed, uh, the number of vaccines required under the CDC guidelines in every state exploded. And mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense. Why not? If you have no liability against a product you bring into the market, why not push that product? There's no downside, only upside. Same thing happened during COVID. The vaccine companies that manufactured the COVID vaccine, we know it's not a vaccine, but we'll call it that, um, just made tremendous profits and continue to do so. I've read there's been something like 20 new billionaires made in the vaccine industry directly as a result of COVID. L listen, you talk about the shingles vaccine. I don't care whether you get it or not, as long as you understand. You know, the bottom line with shingles, and we'll walk through this real quick. I don't want anybody to get shingles. It's a miserable illness. We're pretty, yes. good at treating, we're pretty good at treating it, by the way, if we catch it early. The point of the shingles vaccine is to prevent complications of shingles, which is known as post-herpetic neuralgia. You get shingles, the, the, the rash goes away, but you continue to have pain. That's not a good thing either. So, you know, there's a role for this vaccine as long as patients have informed consent. Chances of getting shingles is low, not zero. The chances if you get shingles of having post-herpetic post neuralgia is low, but not zero. And you need to be aware that we're pretty good at treating it if we can get to you early. The chances of vaccine injury from the 
Shingrick shot is real. It's not, it's not extraordinarily high, but it's real and it's not zero. I've seen it before. And if you are injured from this shot, you're out of luck because the vaccine company is immune from all liability. That's what I want people to know. Then you make a decision whether you think you should get the shingles vaccine or not. Perfectly okay. But most people don't get to have that kind of information. Now, you're right. The shingles vaccine is different than the messenger RNA products from the COVID vaccine. And, and interestingly, most people don't know this. The COVID vaccine, the COVID genetic biologic therapeutic, is the first time in human history that we've used a product inside a human body asking the machinery of the cells to produce a non-human protein. So the spike protein that comes about as a result of the COVID jab is a non-human protein. This is the protein from the COVID spike. We've all seen animated pictures of it, the little ball and the spiky things that come off of it. So we put something inside your body to force the protein manufacturing machineries of every cell to produce a non-human protein. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> the body sees that and says, holy crap, my own DNA, my own ribosomes are manufacturing some weird crap that isn't human. What should I do? And it's no wonder that in, in, in some people, not a low number, that the body's immune system is rea reacting against itself. And that's why we're seeing a tremendous rise in autoimmune illness and people that have been vaccinated and all kinds of side effects, including you mentioned the sudden death thing. Of course, I don't know what happened to that kid, you know, LeBron James's son. I have no idea. And the football player and everybody else, we don't know because the government refuses to actually study it. Now exactly. we're speculating and I think correctly that in almost every single one of those cases of a young athlete collapsing, dying, or uh, having a heart attack, that it was related to the COVID uh, genetic product that was injected into their body. That's what I believe. But of course, I'm crazy. I'm a quack. I'm an extremist for even suggesting it. And the CDC and the NIH won't even study it. And I think the American people and those around the world deserve this to be studied. So we should know, in my opinion, the entire vaccine program should be shut down and a thorough investigation launched into the safety and efficacy. Well, we had Amy Kelly of uh, Daily Cloud IO on here a few months ago, and she was talking about the, the findings of the uh, released her, her organization, crowd, crowd uh, inspecting the uh, uh, releases of the Pfizer documents and, and all the stuff that was, all the Oh, disastrous stuff that was going on there that nobody was allowed to talk about. You mentioned, uh, you know, this shot and what it's supposed to do. And as I, you were saying, I was reminded of uh, artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, we'll just make this artificial intelligence. It'll just stay here in this bottle. And of course we know that mRNA uh, uh, reaction went throughout the whole body. And we're gonna talk more about that after the break. But my guest right now is Dr. Jeff Barkey, informed dissent the podcast and uh why don't you come back after the break we'll talk more you can listen more and we'll take phone calls at seven three four eight two two sixteen hundred got it derek almost gave out my cell phone number come on back we'll talk to you then
We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. Hey there, welcome back to the second half of your American heritage. Thanks for joining us. Joining us is also Dr. Jeff Barkey. He's one of the co-hosts of Informed Dissent, the podcast. I highly recommend you listen to this. It's very informative. And um, we were talking about a few things and sometimes I get confused of what we were talking about on air versus off air. And so I think the last thing we were talking about was uh, some of the un unplanned results of taking the COVID jab. And we were talking about the uh, oh, myocarditis. And, and I was asking off air, Dr. Jeff, about uh, the movie or video died suddenly, where morticians are seen removing long strings of material from cadavers that seems to be associated with people who took the jab. They've never seen this thing before. And I will say this, these this sudden rise of of uh, athletes and newscasters and all kinds of people just, boom, falling over. And of course, once again, the government won't tell us what the, the reason was, has only started since, uh, let's see, COVID. So there is that. And uh, so you were telling me, Dr. Jeff, that you have talked to people who have seen these things. This is a real thing. Oh, it's a real, it's a real thing. You're not allowed to talk about it. And of course, if you do, you're censored or you're called names, but listen, Ryan Cole, who's one of the smartest guys I know, is a pathologist up in, I think it's Oregon or Idaho or Iowa, something, I can't remember, um, uh, had his own pathology company, started speaking out during COVID, um, lost all his contracts, now is on the you know health freedom tour, if you will, speaking out, but he's seen this as well in autopsy victims. Uh, those that have recovered from COVID or those that had fallen, uh, at, died as a result of um, the injections or from COVID. That, l- listen, the bottom line is this is if almost everybody who's listening has had COVID, right? We all have had COVID. I've had it twice. It's not a normal illness. Think about this if you're listening. It is not a normal illness. It's not a cough, a cold. It's not an upper respiratory infection or a sinus infection. It's not influenza as miserable as that is if you've you've ever had that. This is weird. This is different. This is not a natural virus that came up in nature. You lose your sense of smell and taste. That's not normal. The symptoms can last weeks and weeks and sometimes months. You recover and you can have what's known as long COVID lingering symptoms. It's not normal. Are you familiar with anybody having, I'm not sure if the term is psychogenic reactions. I remember when I had COVID, I actually was having weird dreams. And I started talking to people about that. And they said, yes, I did too. But it's never a symptom that I've seen listed in any of the, any documentation. Yeah, it's definitely there. And, And COVID in adults cause an unusually high fever. And that fever can make you hallucinate and weird things happen. Um, I mean, we all know, and now there's congressional hearings about this, that this virus was created in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, that it was created as a result of gain of function 
technology, meaning the virus was manipulated in the lab to be more infectious, and it was done so under the um, under the umbrella of the money that we spent, the United States taxpayer used money uh, to help them in this Wuhan Institute of Virology. The only question I have, and I'm not sure which it is, is was did this virus accidentally get out or was it purposefully released by the Chinese Communist Party? That's my belief. Uh, they don't care if they kill their own citizens. They wanted to d disrupt the Western world to weaken us to make it even more likely that they are going to take over as the largest economy and the largest military in the world. So I think the Chinese Communist Party released this virus purposefully, um, allowed flights from Hong Kong to the rest of the world to continue, even after they knew that this infection uh, was being launched. Uh, the World Health Organization carried their water. Remember early on, the World Health Organization praised China for their reaction to this uh, virus refused to acknowledge that this came out of the Wuhan virology lab, maintained the false narrative that somehow eating bats at the wet market was why this virus came out, even though they don't actually sell bats at that at the wet market, nor has this coronavirus been isolated from this bat. But, you know, never mind all that. That's what the World Health Organization um, did in supporting communist China. So we need to remember that. We're now forgetting all about it. And now mm -hmm. we're launching into the next wave where there'll be another infection or the climate emergency where they want to take away our gas cars, prevent us from cooking with gas, uh, you know, cook cooktops and uh, and gas in our dryers and so forth. E emergency is, generators, right. which, you know. That's right. Yeah. So we need to never forget what happened and uh, and remember and not allow it to happen again. We allowed it to happen. The adults in the room allowed this to happen, and we can't do that in the future. And we need to prosecute. We need an administration. We we need to overthrow this this regime. And I'm I'm at the ballot box. If if it doesn't happen at the ballot box, I'm afraid of what other boxes are going to be resorted to. We need to do this at the ballot box. Hundred percent. And uh, yeah. And if we you know if we don't, it's a loss of everything for us. And uh, the last time that this nation faced a loss of its freedoms and wanted to restore them, it wasn't pretty for quite a while. I don't want that. I am not encouraging that. Uh, but there are other people. And so one of the things that I, I um, asked you about during the break was uh, the kind of um, uh, practice that you have. You have a private practice that's called a concierge concierge practice. Uh, describe that to us, okay? Yes, it's a it's a membership concierge practice in coastal Orange County. I've been doing that for about 20 years. And, um, you know, thank God my practice is full and we are not accepting new patients because we got so busy. But patients pay us an annual membership fee to be part of our group. We limit the number of patients we take care of so we can provide a very high level of customer service. I feel bad that I can't take on more patients because I really do want to reach as many as possible. So I started an Instagram site called Rx for Liberty, Rx4, four spelled F-O-R, Rx4 Liberty. You can follow me. I do some telehealth through that site. I've got a subscription-based service as well. And I try to reach as many people as I can to share holistic health integrative knowledge and teach people how to take care of themselves, to be their own best doctor, to get off of pharmaceutical products, 
and to get on natural eating, organic, grass-fed beef, et cetera. And, uh, and real and beef, real chicken. Stop listening to the, to the government narrative about nutrition and health. Is that true? I haven't really looked, but I've heard that the food pyramid puts, you know, breakfast cereal, <laughs> frosted flakes at the top these days. I haven't really looked into that. The food pyramid put out by our government. Listen, I don't trust the government. I'm not sure I ever have, but in particular, I don't now. So these healthcare agencies, NIH, CDC, FDA, I do not trust them. I do not trust what comes out of my tap. That's called government water, which most people should not be drinking only filtered or purified water. I don't want the government to tell me that it's safe to have fluoride, chlorine, lead, and other heavy metals in my water at some level that they think is safe. So we, we need to be our best, our own best doctor, start to learn about holistic health, how to take care of ourselves, disconnect from big pharma, disconnect from government oversight, and, uh, and, and join a community of healthy, uh, eaters and healthy living people that we can learn from each other. You mentioned a quick response to shingles. Now, once again, my wife had shingles last October. And by the time she got over that, it was, oh, I don't know, like January or so. It seemed like it took a long time for her to recover. She is still suffering from the neuropathy. She has to watch what she wears. It's painful for her to to uh, be in certain positions with certain clothing on, it's, it's, it's disastrous. This is one of the things that encouraged me to get the Shingrix, uh, which is part of the uh, cost risk uh, analysis. And however, she was part of a University of Michigan doctors group. So it seems like you can't get a private practice physician around here anymore. The doctor she had been seeing for years went concierge and we did not follow him because I thought, yeah, we're doing well. I don't have $1,000 extra per each of us to pay this guy that we may never use. I kind of think I should have now, and I'll probably be looking into that. My private practice physician, when I went in to see him about my busted knee, talked for 45 minutes about why I should get the shot. And he's no longer my physician. I don't really have a personal physician right now. And the, the response of that uh, the drone medical facilities the way I refer to it. Like I was saying, my my friend, uh, 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 Grandsick, she lost her husband because the doctors in the hospital could not give him ivermectin. And he was recovering when he had it and he died. Well, Ed, Ed, look at it this way. Whenever you see a doctor or professional, ask the question, who's paying them? Who's paying them? Are there, is there a check from a healthcare institution? Is that who their allegiance is? Is there, is there allegiance to the insurance company that's paying them? Or are they working for you? Now, I don't like to use this analogy, but I think it's an accurate one. When you, we, we've all had to have lawyers in our lives, right? We mm -hmm. pay the attorney a retainer typically, and that attorney works for you has your best interest at heart, advises you. In the medical field, we've gotten away from that. It used to be a tiny percentage of doctors work for healthcare institutions. Now it's the majority. And only a tiny percentage now are either um, primary care, direct primary care, or concierge, or what have you. So always know who's paying that doc. 
And if it's a healthcare institution and you need an x-ray or a lab or a referral, almost always they're going to only refer you internally to the radiology facility that they're affiliated with, to the mm-hmm. pharmacy that they're affiliated with, et cetera. So if you want an advocate for your health, number one, it needs to be you. And number two, if it's a doctor, make sure that you're paying that doctor directly to take care of you and give you the best advice. Yeah, so like I was saying, my friend Stacio Grancic, uh, she found a doctor in the in that healthcare system that would write her ivermectin. Then he was told by, and he was, her husband was uh, uh, recovering. And then a system administrator said, no, you can't, and he died. And one of the doctors told her, I have to keep my job. I have to look out after my family. And we find that's true with so many you know, corporate drones, doctors who are, their doctors used to always be in business for themselves and responsive to the patient. Now they're responsive to the large, you know, usually a university or some other organization or a hospital system that's uh, got a, you know, got control over what's said and done and what the treatments will be. And you only get 15 minutes of visit. My wife, you said rapid response to shingles. And my wife was told, well, you got to wait a couple weeks for a visit and wear a mask. It, well, listen, and so I, she I, suffered. I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about your wife. And if there's anything I can do to help, I'm more than happy to. But I'm convinced that people that have that type of reaction do so because their immune system is impaired. You know, we've got God-given immune systems that almost always can fight off most illnesses if we support it. If we eat clean, if we take care of them ourselves, if we hydrate, <clears throat> if we get plenty of sunshine, if our vitamin levels are high, et cetera, et cetera, um, what happened to your wife shouldn't happen to most people. Um, we're all in some level vaccine injured from all the vaccines we received as mm-hmm. childhood and even into adults. You know, uh, Ed Dowd, who is a, um, a former BlackRock guy who kind of was red-pilled, has done this analysis very accurately. The more vaccines you get, the more likely it is that you'll have chronic illness. And it's, it's a linear curve. More vaccines equals more chronic illness. And you, if you look at populations that aren't vaccinated, they're hard to find, but they exist, like the Amish, for example, you mm-hmm. see rare chronic disease. And so, listen, again, I'm not anti-vax, but we need to get this information out to people. We need to do the proper studies. We need to bring truth and informed consent uh, to the population. And that doesn't exist now because our healthcare agencies are captured. Uh, the CDC and the FDA funding, about 50% of it comes from the industries that they're supposed to be overseeing. Same thing with the medical journals that are heavily advertised and supported by the pharma companies um, whose studies that they publish. So I just want medical freedom and medical truth and let people make informed decisions, whatever that decision is. Right now, that's not the way it exists. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And just for anybody who's listening, my wife is a health freak. She eats, I mean, she just eats whatever is healthy, the vitamins and, uh, you know, so yeah, she's, she scares me on her diet sometimes. So, uh, well, once again, there's this relationship of us to our children and transgenderism. And we're facing a bill here that just got signed into law by Governor, uh, Governor Whitmer. Uh, and basically it's 
two bills banning the use of so-called conversion therapy on minors, prohibiting a form of counseling or therapy seeking to get gay, lesbian, or transgender individuals to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. And I can see this, of course they say not, but I can see this being twisted into parents, doctors, you can't tell your kids they can't transgender. And we've seen the recent, uh, uh, what was supposed to be an abortion law, say the same thing. Um, that, uh, uh, you know, it's not just reprodu- reproductive rights also include cutting off your genitalia and the children can have that done without their parents' consent. And um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, um, that's child mutilation and it's completely wrong. It, it's normal when little kids are growing up that they, they play around with the idea of different genders you know, that's normal. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to love to dress up for Halloween in my, in my mom's clothes. I'd pretend like I was a girl and so forth. Um, but to take that the next step further. Good. Somebody say, else is willing to admit that. <laughs> in California, they're trying to pass a law that says if your child wants to transition and you don't think that's a good idea, that they can take your kids away from you. And even if you're a happily married couple, and your kid wants to transition from boy to girl or girl to boy, and you don't think that's a good idea and you want to get them help because they're confused, that they can now take the kid away from you and they can be a, um, a ward of the state. So I think that's completely wrong. I think um, using hormone blocking medications in a minor should be illegal. I think any kind of surgery in a minor Uh, as it relates to gender should be illegal. I mean, imagine this, Ed, if I, as an adult, went into a doctor and said, I think it'd be really cool to only have one arm. I think there's something kind of cool about that. And I'd like you to remove my healthy right arm so I can be a one-armed, you know, paper hanger. Um, I want to be a pirate. Or take take my eye out. That's not allowed. No surgeon would do that. They'd lose their license if we did that. But now they whitewash the idea of gender changing surgeries and we call it top surgery or bottom surgery. Dr. McDonald and I had the, had the privilege of speaking with Riley Gaines um, in a panel that she was on not long ago. She, of course, is the swimmer, University of Kentucky swimmer that had to swim against a man who was six foot four that was claiming to be a woman and was in their locker room changing with full endowment of male parts. That should not be allowed. That should be illegal. And to prove it to you, do you see any women wanting to become men and competing in men's sports? Of course not. They'd have no chance. These are second-rate male athletes that can't cut it in male sports that now want to take advantage of these laws and these rules and compete against women. Same thing is happening in prisons, where if a man says that he wants to be a woman, many of the prisons now are required to house them with the women. Well, as a guy, who wouldn't want to do that? So listen, we're not allowed to say these things out loud, apparently, um, but our world is upside down and it takes adults in the room like you and others uh, to raise their hand and say, I'm just asking questions, but this, this doesn't make sense and we need to put a stop to it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Speaking of questions, we have a question from a caller, Joe Lennard from Wyandotte. Joe? Yeah, I would like you. I'm all for uh, mumps, measles, TB, polio shots, real vaccines, because the flood of people coming from around the world over our open borders are returned some of these diseases 
to us that we almost had eradicated. But right, informed consent. My question is, while I support Trump for 2024, I have a big issue with him and his hubris and his unwillingness to admit Operation Warp Speed was yet another failed federal government boondoggle. I want your thoughts on that, because these shots, indeed, the, the side effects far outweigh any benefit. Okay, thanks, well, Joe. Dr. Jeff. Yeah, well, listen, Joe, first of all, thank you for calling in. I, I appreciate your question, and I agree with you. I think that was one of the failings of the Trump administration, this Operation Warp Speed. Now, I've heard Trump and um, Scott Atlas, who was on his COVID task force and others, talk about this that remember Dr. Fauci, Dr. Bricks, other people were civil servants. Trump didn't have the ability to fire them. And had he fired them, there would have just been mass protest and disruption and so forth. So it was sort of like, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. That was Trump's perspective. But I agree with you. Early on, we didn't know. None of us knew. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know about you, but groceries outside, Lysol doing weird stuff. But after a couple of weeks, you're like, come on. Yeah, what, exactly. What the actual F is going on? And I'm not going to do this. It's just the virus. Um, and by the way, we have wonderful treatment that is being rolled out with hydroxychloroquine and later ivermectin that flat out works. We know about vitamin D. So most of us, not most of us, some of us got over it pretty quickly. But unfortunately, the government and media continued with the fear nar narrative that really controlled the country and controlled the world. So I kind of agree with you on on what Trump's role was and what his perspective. I think he made a mistake, and um, uh, you know we'll see where it plays out in in the political world. But he did not mandate the shot. That's one, and two, he uh, he actually encouraged the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and uh, famously with a, a local uh, Democrat politician here in Detroit who survived because of that, and so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I understand the, the criticism of Trump, but uh, remember, he's the guy when China was trying to ship people over here after the Wuhan breakout, he was the one trying to stop them from coming here and then being called a racist and a xenophobe for that. So it's uh, 57 minutes after, that means we have about 50 seconds before the music starts. Do you have any last thoughts you'd like to get in? Yeah, listen, you're on the right track. We need to keep talking about it. I know some people are bored with the COVID narrative, but we have to remember what we allowed the government to do, what That's we allowed it. the pharma industry to do. So it's important that we keep talking about it. And come talk to me about it online if you'd like. Rx for Liberty Instagram website by the same name, Rx for Liberty. I always respond to uh, personal messages on my social. And um, hopefully, Ed, we can do this again and continue the conversation. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I appreciate that uh, that offer because uh, I like having informed people come on and uh, even if it's informed dissent. Oh, hey, that's your podcast. Yes. Hey. And yeah, you've been mentioning informed consent so much that let's let's make sure people know it's informed dissent. And uh, I'd like to thank our friend uh, Beth also for uh, putting us together on this. So Absolutely. folks, you've been listening to Your American Heritage. We've been joined today by Dr. Jeff Barkey. And I'd like you to come back next week and uh, listen some more. Make sure you check out the podcast. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Ed. It's been a pleasure. God bless you, sir.